Good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at. The time of this recording, this is episode 75 of the Restricted Zone podcast, basketball episode. I'm a sw- uh, Let's introduce the crew. Kyrie, introduce yourself, man. Yo, what's going on, fellas? How's it going? Yes, sir. It's going good. It's going good. Johnny, introduce yourself, man. Hello, world. Just Johnny tapping in. Yes, sir. Johnny Test. Lodge, you're back. Introduce yourself, man. Yo, Carmen. Yo, Restricted Pod. What's up? It's been a while. I'm glad to be back. It's been a minute, and you came back for a great episode today. It's a basketball episode. I want to get you on the NFL ones. We can talk about the Buccaneers because they're trash. But focusing on basketball, let's bring it back. That's a lot to talk about. Uh, a lot to talk about, a lot of interesting stuff that's been happening around the NBA. Only been a week so far, but we've seen some dynamic plays from some dynamic players. Uh, I've been tuned in. The crew has been tuned in. So we're going to talk about some of the key things that we have realized after the first week. So I want to swing it to you guys first. Let's talk about the Lakers. Uh, man, uh, to say that they're disappointing uh, is an understatement. I mean, and Honestly, it's so many troubles on the end. But what's the main thing that you guys think, in your opinion, in terms of, of the Los Angeles Lakers and why they're struggling so far? And also, I do want to throw in, should Russell Westbrook be removed from the Los Angeles Lakers rotation until they figure out how to utilize them in the best way possible? I'm going to swing it to Kyrie. Um, as far as what's going on with the Lakers as to why they're owing, I believe it's owing three right now. We can obviously point towards what LeBron, uh, shined a bright light on, which is the shooting, which they weren't even good at last year. And coming into this year, I don't think anybody, anybody expected still for them to be anywhere near a good shooting team. Um, so yeah, that's definitely been a part of it. And just the fact that their offense doesn't really seem to have any type of continuity outside of like the usual cast of LeBron. Uh, Anthony Davis, Patrick Beverly has fit in there well as far as being a facilitator. You know, defensive end, of course, you know, he's always going to bring it. But they just haven't gotten that much production out of their other guys like Kendrick Nunn, uh, Damian Jones at center, who's been getting, from what I've seen, gets bullied on the defensive end a lot. They just have a lot of problems and a lot of roster issues that we're not really used to seeing from teams that are built around Brown. And uh, the, I feel like they're going to have to make a lot of changes uh they say they're going to give it 20 to 25 games. I think it needs to be within 10 to 15 games if they can't find any type of rhythm. And as far as Russell Westbrook, yeah, I've, what makes me think about it is being a Knicks fan, of course, last year and getting Kemba Walker. And uh, I don't feel like Russell Westbrook's downfall has been as steep as Kemba Walker's was from the year prior to last year. But he got bad to the point where he – just didn't really fit what we had going on on the floor, and we had to take him out of the lineup for a while. And honestly, I think the same thing should be done to Russell because he seems like he's playing his own game out there, and he seems like he's not really in it for the team to win. He's just in it for himself. He's just, I feel like he's just playing himself out of L.A. right now. Like He knows, he knows he's not really one of there. His name's been a trade talks since he <laughs> got there, essentially. And honestly, I think I just think he's done it. He's just out there playing basketball like like he always has. He had the game where he went 0-4-11. That one game, the the last game against Portland, I watched, and uh, they were in it into, uh, at the very end. It was a very close game. They had a lead at one point, and Russell Westbrook pulls up with uh, 
with seconds left, he pulls up with a dumb mid-range jump shot where Damian Lillard didn't even look at him. He turned his back on him. And uh, he bricked it. And, gave, and, and, of course, we all see in it. Dame time happened. He got the ball back, and he hit the three, and they won. But it all I'm not saying it's all Russell Westbrook's fault, but at the same time, you can't have guys with their own agendas and, I guess, their own motives out there when you're trying to accomplish something, especially when you're a team with LeBron in his 20th season. I mean, he's playing he's playing the same basketball still, but, again, this question still stays. We, who, who knows how long this is going to last? So I definitely think the, the Lakers should at least consider taking Westbrook out of the lineup just to see what other guys can do, just to see what guys like Austin Reeves can do when they're um, – Matt Ryan, Dennis Schroeder, guys like that, see what they can do in that uh, at that guard position and, and running that offense. And just just wait, just preserve Russ to find a trade partner. I mean, keep him healthy. His numbers aren't really doing you any favors right now. He's putting like ten points a game, with like six boards. Yeah, take him off the lineup. Wait till you get a, a a good trade suitor for good pieces involved, and let him go. Okay, man. Uh, I'm gonna swing it to Johnny. Kyrie made some key points, but I, I do want to ask. <laughs> Uh, before we dive in, uh, when Russell was winning, when he won MVP back in 2017, and he, I think he had three straight seasons where he had a triple double. Uh, did we, did you ever imagine Russell would be falling this far, uh, this far low? Uh, like, I, I just didn't imagine this to be honest with you. I'm kind of shocked. Um, so I will have a bit of optimism when it comes to Russell Westbrook. It was always a love-hate type of feel that I had when I watched him play. I always admired his heart. Now, I will say, my opinion of Russell Westbrook, it's always been the same. Um, he's perfect for what I would call this day and age, what, what actually what we call this positionless basketball. Um, I think the problem with the problem I had with Westbrook, and I think this was a common problem with a lot of other people, we try to put him in a specific position. And when he doesn't play to what we think that position standard is, it it makes him look worse than what he is. I'm not going to lie. He is shooting a little bit more horribly. But to answer your question, Colin, I actually thought of him as being one of those uprise players. After that 2017 year, I actually expected him to increase specifically with his jump shot. We've seen it time and time again. A lot of players come into the league with just raw athleticism and just a feel for the game, and they develop the skills later. It's like he just didn't develop all of the skills later. And now that thing that, 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 got him here that got him to that point in 2017 is is fading away i believe he's fighting a hamstring like low-key um you know father time is slowly slowly catching up and those skills haven't manifested i'm i mean he's has taken strides in his mid-range game over the course of his career but this year he's just that that old that old 11 performance against the clippers was just Unbelievable, but but at the, once again to the point I made earlier, he had he also had five steals, so it, there's still something there. Like he can still contribute to an extent. I just do not think it's to the extent of a starter. I and honestly, I don't even know if you can even fit this guy in a specific type of offense. Um, I do agree with the fact that he might have to. He might 
I, I can see him packing his bags in the near future. Um, I believe they were in talks with the Utah Jazz, like on and off with um, flirting with them on Russell Westbrook trade packages. And I just see the start of that. And, you know, what I mean, I, I believe I mean, I will be surprised if he does end up staying with the franchise. But no, I didn't see him um, declining. I didn't expect that either. Um, I will say, though, like um, LeBron. I'm very surprised. I will say that with the Russell Westbrook scenario, I believe this is like the first player that LeBron just can't get right. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, the media is a little bit thrown, thrown. They're kind of chastising him a little bit for it. I don't, I don't know why, but it just seems like when you play with LeBron, you just, your game just increases. But Westbrook, it just seems like, like you guys say, he's, he's, he's in his own world sometimes and, um, I understand he just he just has the heart to do good, but it just seems like his skills just haven't manifested. I do not see him staying long. Well, uh, I'm gonna swing it to you, Lodge. I'm gonna piggyback a little bit of Johnny said. Johnny doesn't see uh, Russ as a long term fit. I don't think anyone sees him as a long term fit. If you're the Lakers, uh, what what do you do with Russ, and what team you think you could trade him for that would give you the best asset in terms of what you need back in return? Considering Russell's trade value has got to be really low. So after the Jazz offering just recently got leaked on what it possibly could be, I would still shoot for them trying to shoot for uh, trading with the Pacers. And to be honest with you, with Miles Turner and having Buddy Hill, I feel like instead of because I think the Jazz deal is more centered around guards on this, like Michael Conley, um, uh. I think it was a Malik Beasley, and I'm forgetting the other name. I just had it on the tip of my tongue. I forget. But um, I just feel like adding Miles Turner will, one, just bring back AD, AD not playing that, that center position. And Miles Turner is able to stretch the floor as well, shoot that spot up three ball in the corner or top of the key. Um, I feel like he was, at one point, the best rated blocker in, in the league for the past couple years. If he was top three in it past couple years. Um. The only thing with the Jazz trade, Mike Conley will be a nice change with a, a veteran point guard that doesn't have a lot of pressure on him now that he's with Brown. That would be nice to interest interesting to see, but I feel like Buddy Hill, out of all the options, he's probably the best shooter and what they exactly need other than Miles Turner. So I can kind of hopefully they can get that Pacers trade off. But Russ is done. Um, he's better off going to Utah, him personally, because they're in a, a mode where they just need to tank anyway so he can just go out and let loose and just that up if he wants. Pacers, they already have Hallie Burton there over there. I don't think he wants him over there messing up his 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 flow because he's looking like to have a big sophomore year this year. Um so yeah. And definitely one we're definitely gonna have that conversation later in terms about the sophomores uh what we expect. But uh we're gonna move on to the next topic and we're gonna still still talk about struggling NBA players that so far uh they've just been disappointing. Uh another one uh, we know this guy personally, Johnny. Uh, we don't know him personally, but we, we know him well enough. Uh, Ben Simmons, uh, the number one pick in the 2016. <laughs> <laughs> we drafted him, and then we drafted Markel the year after. <laughs> I think we might be the only franchise that drafted back-to-back number one picks, and they both turned out bad. Meanwhile, I continue to stay. Meanwhile, to this day, I continue to still watch Drew Holiday play with tears in my eyes. Oh man, Drew! But Ben Simmons actually had an All Star career, so you know he he played well. Uh, but it just wasn't enough. 
But with that being said, with Ben Simmons as the main topic, I want to swing it to you, Kyrie. Uh, listen, Ben Simmons, uh, he is what he is, right? Uh, we know what he is. Uh, I just want to bring something up before I even continue. So he had 17 points and 14 fouls so far this season. Uh, he's been fouled out of two of the three games he's played in. Uh, just tell me, like, what, what do you see Ben Simmons' future? And honestly, what do you think he can still make an impact? For the Nets, I mean, I honestly think he can. I think he can make an impact for the Nets. I think he can find his way in a fit again with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, who both have been playing absurdly well. Kevin Durant putting up thirty-two a game, Kyrie putting uh, putting up twenty-seven. But uh, this simply isn't what you expect from a guy that's your that's getting paid one hundred and seventy-seven mil over five years. Like you said, Colin, former All Star, former player, uh, defensive player of the year candidate. A triple double threat night in and night out when he was healthy and playing for the Sixers. You don't pay him to come in and average, uh, just under six point six boards in seven, seven or eight assists a game with about five fouls a game. You simply just don't pay him to do that. And not, and not to get on him too much because what they ask for him as far as facilitating and playing defense, Ben Simmons has been doing his job, but that's what comes with being the, the best defender on a team with not really a lot of defenders, I mean, and Kyrie Irving, he, he's never been really known as a defender, even though he tries. Kevin Durant has gotten better over the years. They picked up Royce O'Neal this uh, this offseason, but Royce, he, he's been playing okay. He got Nick Claxton, but as, as far as, like, perimeter defense, we have no real, like, outside of Ben Simmons, no real lockdown defender. So Ben Simmons is guarding the best perimeter players getting thrown at them every night. He's getting switched on to him. He's getting pick, put in pick and roll and pick and pop situations. He's getting putting pin downs and, 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 and ISOs and stuff like that. And it's take, it, uh, we, we see it in, in, the, in the numbers. It's taking it, take it a toll on him when it comes to uh, fouls. And I feel like he's just taking a lot of that load. And that might be the main reason why he's, just, he's struggling in that part. But as far as him scoring, I don't know what it is. I mean, he gets the ball enough. He has the ball in his hands enough. He has the ability to create. But he's still reluctant to take that jump shot. And this has been the narrative over his whole career so far. So even back when he was in college, where he only took three pointers over his whole LSU career, it's it's I'm, just like it's like beating a dead horse. Now, I mean, I don't know. Seven years into the league, man, no yeah. range, nothing. And granted, he, and granted, he missed his first year, but that kind of makes it worse because you would think he's putting in the time then to kind of so get his shot it? healthy. Exactly. Exactly. Joel missed almost, if I'm not mistaken, like two years almost. He almost, yeah. Yeah, just so, about three years. So with Ben Simmons, again, isn't the net struggles as a whole aren't on him. But again, you're paying, you're paying a guy over a hundred million a year. He has to play a lot better than this. He has to play and he, he has to do it soon before people start losing respect to the nets and feeling like, okay, we just have to worry about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and nobody else on this court tonight. We can do that. I feel like a lot of teams are going to start going to start coming in, not really respecting the the Nets as much as we were in the beginning of the season. So, uh, yeah, that that's my take on it. Ben Simmons really just has to step up and fit Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving more. But it is really this really falls down on Steve Nash and to show how what his, where his coaching acumen is and how he's been able to make adjustments within his roster. Because you've got a 6'10 guy with all the talent in the world that doesn't shoot the basketball. 
among two generational talents, among two generational scorers. You got to figure out a way to make that work. Man, um, well, he's the Nets' problems now. I wish Mar was here. Because uh, we, we were sick of him, uh, especially at the playoff performance. I mean, Johnny, uh, you see Ben Simmons struggles. Uh, do you think the Nets and Simmons is a long-term thing, or do you think they might be looking to trade them, maybe not this season, but maybe the next season? He'll survive next season as well. Um, he he's good. He's still got athleticism. Um, he still can make an impact to some extent on the defensive end. Um, I think he can fit because he's. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to say that he's good at hiding, but like you said, 27 points a game, 32 points a game. Um, it's like um, he's in a he's in a situation where the spotlight is on him less. I'll say that much. Um, I think it makes him. It it allows him to be a little bit more comfortable to where as though he's not forced to take as many shots. Uh, but at the same time, I think he can impact enough on the opposite end to where as though his minutes will like he'll he'll they'll they'll be able to tolerate his performance. Now, my question with him is, um, is he going to be able to like sustain throughout the season? And around the playoffs, I think he's he's coming off the back. He said he's 100 percent healthy. He feels he feels good, but it it I don't know if that injury is affecting his play mentally. But um, I'm starting to think that this is just who he is. And I, me personally, you, Colin, we dodged the bullet. Um, I, I I think he's gonna be. I'm not saying like in the realm of Russell Westbrook, but I think in that concept of He's going to be a system. He's going to have to be a system player for him to be successful. And that's not what we thought he would be coming into this league. Um, I still think he does have the athletic talent to have an impact, but I, I think he'll, he'll, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's here next season. I wouldn't be surprised, but I do think we dodged the bullet. We definitely dodged the bullet with Ben. We dodged the bullet. And Ben's been dodging his jump shot. Practicing his jump shot. So, <laughs> yeah. What a guy. Lodge, I want to swing it to you. Uh, So what do you think? You're the head coach. You're Steve Nash. What do you think? What's the best way we can utilize this 6'10 big guard that is completely unreliable offensively, great defensively, but just such a liability in the offensive end in terms of free throws, in terms of basket. You can't even play him in the fourth quarter. Uh, how do you utilize them to maximize your chance to win every championship? Well, to be honest with you, Steve Nash might be getting ready to pack his bags. Because one, <laughs> one of the reasons why Ben's production is, is is off now is the fact that he's playing with Nick Claxton as his center more majority of the time. He should be playing the center. And running and just running the ball up from the floor, then, then you just don't have another seven foot interior player just clogging up his area. So that's why he's just, just out there, just dipping and just dumping off the Kyrie and KD. That's for one. Now, as far as the offensive set, they don't really have any type of offensive set or type of plays for anybody. It's kind of just like throw off screen pick right quick, give it to Kyrie or KD when they have space and let them work. And it's just like. To me, I feel like a coach can either 
not even have Ben shoot a jump shot, but him to have a place where he can attack a basket, off ball oops, stuff like that, so he can get the crowd going, things like that, because that's really all he needs to do with two 30-point-per-game scores on his squad and, like, four different shooters that, that can shoot lights out when they're on, as in Joe Harris, Steph Curry, Cam Thomas, if they actually play him. So it's just – I just things like that are probably – Make the Nets even back to the point where they're Eastern Conference Finals or Finals favorites for the East. For the East. Well, I mean, I gotta say, like I said, honestly speaking, I I think Ben went through a lot. You know, as when you play for Philly, man, we are hard. Johnny said something really. He said he's playing in a smaller market. I think Brooklyn and New York in general, if not, it might be a little bit more harsh than Philly. So the spotlight. No, but he can hide in that spotlight more. That's what I say. Like that spotlight is is more on Kyrie and KD than it is just him and Embiid and whatever. Like he doesn't. He's not pressed to put up like twenty or fifteen, whatever we expected from him. He can hide around there. He can just pass the ball off a little bit more. But I, <laughs> at the same time, he got defense to live off of. But he can hide behind those two. Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. All right, so we swing it over to the next topic in, in this basketball episode. We're going to talk about the sophomores from the 2021 NBA draft. Man, uh, I'm excited. Uh, I know you guys got some of the uh, your key potentials who you think can make that big splash. Uh, I'm going to swing it to Johnny first. Johnny, give me your top three candidates of from the sophomore class that you think is going to have a major jump and be really productive for the franchise. Um, honestly, I got – Top three off the rip. I'm a fan of honestly. Don't laugh because I think these guys are losing right now. But I, I am a low key fan of. Um, I like I like Josh. I like the numbers Josh Giddy and Kate Cunningham have been putting up. And don't laugh, but I'm a low key fan of Chris Duarte from the Indiana Pacers. He's only averaging about like seven points a game, but his impact. If you, I can't believe I'm saying this. If you watch the Pacers play, he he his impact is way more than his stat sheet. He's a very Fun kid to watch, but if we're going back to the stats, I I gotta give it I gotta give it to uh, Josh Giddy first. Um, he's averaging I think he had like sixteen and six. Let me see my numbers. He had sixteen and sixteen point six dimes against Detroit. Uh, the game before that, he had eighteen points against the uh, Spurs, and uh, I think he had about six boards, six assists, two steals. Like this kid's been balling out so far. He's been having like, and I see him in summer league, and he was very interesting to watch. Um, even last year as a rookie, he uh first team all rookie and he but he hit rookie of the month about four different times. So this kid had a bright spot. Uh, and, and and you know, he's playing next to Shea and he's shining like that. Like this kid's been this kid's pretty fun to watch and all that. But um also I've been looking at um uh Kay Cunningham. Also, I think he's averaged about fourteen points a game also. And the way he's playing, um I actually gotta give him a little bit more respect. Um, I, it obviously is tough playing in that market for Detroit and they were really watched. So I guess like he probably should have gotten a little bit more respect. I think he, I don't know if he got hurt last year at a small point or if he got banged up a little bit, but, um, I didn't really, I kind of didn't forget about him, but he kind of was ho-hum in the background, but he is, he's averaging about 14 points a game this year. And I know it's still early, but, He's he's playing a little bit better than I thought he was, especially getting his teammates involved. Um, yeah, those are my top three. Like these kids are looking, they're looking pretty fun right now. But I'm not gonna lie, their teams are losing, so I'm not, you know. But and again, small market teams, so 
but like, I'm not gonna lie, these these this twenty twenty one draft class got some bright spots. All right, okay. I right, Chris Chris Diorte, Cade Cunningham, and Josh. I like Josh. Get Giddy up, baby. Giddy up. No. I like Josh Giddy though. I like him a lot. He's one of my favorite rookies in my opinion. Elijah, I'm gonna swing it to you. Give me your top three who you think uh or that would be major have an up in production and be major factors for the team coming up. Uh for my number one, I'm gonna go with since well since this uh situation he's in he's in and the impact he had last year, I'm gonna go with number one for Evan Mobley, considering they just grabbed out Donovan Mitchell. They kind of kind of formed out their little playoff squad, and I feel like he's probably, if not the most important or second most important key to them having a good push to being a top team in the East. Um, I just feel like his game overall just speaks to itself. He's kind of like an Anthony Davis-type prototype person, real slimmer, though. Um, I think he's, defensively he's a lot better than Anthony Davis. Um, yeah, and for my number two, I got Scotty Barnes, my boy. Rookie of the year, rightfully so. Um, I feel like, again, another team that could possibly sneak into the playoffs, and I feel like he's going to be a big factor. Pascal's looking great right now. So them two as a tandem, both sides of the floor is going to be crazy. For number three, I'm going to cheat. I'm just going with the trio for the Rockets that drafted drafted last year with Jalen Green, Alperen Sengun, and Josh Christopher. I feel like that trio alone will have the Rockets' stands filled up. They're all highlights. Alperen is their the Euro little center that can run run the floor, grab boards, give up shots for everybody, and score as well. Jalen Green, to me, he's looking like the best player. That's the best potential player. I feel like he's shading over K right now because he just has that edge to him. K looks real too content for me. Ooh. Okay. I like how you mentioned this. I think the Rockets back-to-back years had – by far, they were top three in terms of uh, me and Kyrie covered it. Check it out. Uh, we talked about the 2022 NBA draft. I think the Rockets was one of the biggest winners in both back-to-back drafts, uh, 2021 and 2022. Uh, and then I want to focus for our swing to Kyrie. Man, I, I honestly thought the Raptors made a mistake on draft night when they took Kyrie Barnes over Jalen Suggs. I was going, I was like, wow, you guys needed a point guard. Wide pass of Jalen Suggs, but man, they knew what they were doing. Uh, they knew what they were doing. I think he's about like, what, 14, 15 points a game, 56% from the field, Scotty Barnes? Scotty Barnes is, is, is a beast, and he's just Word. so versatile, so versatile. Uh, Kyrie, give me your top three, uh, sophomores that you think they'll make the big jump and be major factor players for their team, and of course, getting their titles up. Sure, I'm gonna actually pick up where Lodge left off because uh, I have two guys from that Rockets trio that he's talking about. Well, first one being Jalen Green. Um, I, we said it coming out of well, I said it coming out of uh, league Ignite, Colin. I felt like he was the best overall scorer in this draft, and what we main so like throughout these throughout these guys' career. And uh, Lodge is absolutely right. He has been outshot in Cade ever since since the since last year, their rookie year. And yeah, Cade was uh, Cade was hurt and didn't get to play the first couple of games of the season, and um, took a while to to get reacclimated into to playing basketball. But Jalen Green has just been impressive from the beginning to end last season. Offensively, defensively, he still has a lot of work to do. 
And if he works on it, he, he'll be a scary player. He's going to be scary. He's already putting up 24 points a game at like 19, 20 years old, shooting almost 50% from three so far. He's shooting at the same clip of around seven threes a game. And, um, he's making one more than he did last year. From, he's up from two to three. His two point percentage has taken a dip, but you know, with young guys like that, you, you got a guy like Jabari Smith coming in, who was the third overall pick this year. Stuff like that is going to happen. You're going to get shots taken away from you. But um, another thing I wanted to focus on as far as that was, Kate, I'm kind of worried about Cade. Guys, last year, if we were to, if like thinking ahead and thinking about this question from last year, I would have definitely had thought I had Cade in my top three. But the fact that I don't is kind of scaring me, and nowhere near my top three at that. Um, just watching him, he kind of seems to go ghost out there and defers to his teammates too much. A lot, at least for my liking, from a number one pick and a guy that you know could go out and put up 20 points a game. Yeah, we know his at heart, he's a facilitator. He could put up seven, eight dives a game. But with a team like the Detroit Pistons, even before they got a guy like Jaden Ivey, they weren't a, a team that was really known for scoring or a team that could really put up points at a bunch. And I feel like Hey Cunningham should have feasted off that, especially with the disappointment killing out Hayes. Killing out Hayes is Definitely think Kay Cunningham should be looking for a shot more. It should be a lot more aggressive in the way that we see Jalen Green has been doing. Has it has it uh has it led to wins? No, not not really. But I can definitely say the Houston Rockets are going to be a, a, a team to watch out for in the near future if they keep letting these guys develop and develop together. And the second guy I got from that roster, my guy Alperen Sengun, Colin. He's putting up 15 to 10 right now. He's been a little bit quicker on the defensive end. Hey, he also can use some some work there, but he's trying. And I definitely feel like his, his development is on track to be one of the top centers in the league by the time he's in his fifth or sixth year. I definitely believe he can do that. And hopefully he's still a part of a Rockets with this court um, it, when he does accomplish that. And third, I have my guy, Io DeSumo, out of Illinois, playing for Chicago right now. And the reason I had the main reason I had that is because he's getting a lot more burn and a lot more exposure, a lot more experience with the uh with Lonzo Ball being out with that mysterious knee injury. Nobody knows when he's gonna be back, but uh but Io was filled in and he's been playing well. He put up twenty two last night. Uh, I wanna say I guess it was against the Boston Celtics. I think he was on the shot like nine or ten from the field. His his three point jumper is looking a lot smoother. His handle is looking a lot tighter. I really like what I'm seeing from him. And coming up under a guy like Demar Derozan, Zach Levine, guys that have been scored with the best of them throughout the uh, throughout the league, throughout their years in the league, and are continuing to doing so. And he also has a lot of things to their game that they don't have, such as uh, passing ability. That he's a much better defender than both of them, than both of them are. I definitely think they can mold him into to a future star in this league. And I think that this season is going to be the uh, the birth of that. Right, definitely. Kate got seven dimes on the Detroit, on the Detroit Pistons style type of team. Like if that don't show, like he made. I think I don't think he goes goes. I do lose him a little bit too as I watch him. I think he just defers a little bit too much. He's already he can get those numbers, but the fact that he's still averaging eighteen, I think almost forty percent. Um, no, nowhere near your three for that. <laughs> no, nah, nah, he's supposed to be way more electric. Wait, so what do you look? So what do you? My God, Trey Murphy and Herb Jones alone, I would put up there before him just because hmm. what they got going on in New Orleans right now. Herb Jones is a defensive juggernaut, and he should be fighting for all team first defense at the, by the end of the season. We can write that down. 
Trey right Murphy. Damn. Okay. Trey Murphy, one of the best. If not right now, Trey Murphy will become one of the best three point shooting big uh, stretch fours that we have in the league. And I honestly think he'll be in the three point contest this year, fellas. Trey Murphy's got a clip. But that's just going to show there's a lot of guys that weren't really necessarily drafted as high and that weren't heralded as high as Kay Cunningham. But as far as like where they, you, you mentioned him earlier, Johnny, Josh Giddy. There's guy, there's just guys that are sprinkled around the league that were drafted lower to K, of course, cause since he was number one, but they're doing their things with their team, what they, with what they have. Not saying Cade isn't, but I feel like these guys are doing it efficiently and they're doing it with, with a passion, with a force to a point where you, yeah, maybe he just needs to, maybe he just needs to be more aggressive. Maybe he is. I think, yeah, I think it's too late for I, that. Cause, because I, honestly, way. God, listen, listen, listen. Honestly, I, I kind of, I kind of felt this way when, the Knicks went up against, we went up against the Pistons for our second game of the season. And I was honestly more excited to see Jaden Ivey play. I low key forgot about Kate. <laughs> I, 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 no disrespect. But no, I was, this is a fact though. I was more excited to see Jaden Ivey play. He played like garbage. The entire team played like garbage, but I, I didn't he expect, like I, good. No, I didn't expect much from them. I mean, they're, they're young guys. They're still learning. They're still trying to, they're still trying to find their foot in the league and find, and find their way to play together. Because the main thing I've seen from the Pistons right now is they don't really have an offensive scheme or really anybody that's like the focal point of their offense. Cade is the main assist guy, and Cade is the main facilitated guy, but you don't really see that while he's out there and while he doesn't have the ball in his hands. He's not moving around. He's not cutting. He's not trying to get open. He's not coming off the screen. nothing like that. There's no really designs for him to get open or to score. So, yeah, it, it's been a little bit hard on him. And I, I trust in Dwayne Casey. I think he gets it together, but these guys are just really young right now. Need to find an offensive identity, and I feel like that's when we'll really start to see K. Flores along with other guys. Like I said, mentioned Jaden Ivey. Hopefully, fingers crossed, Killian Ivey because I really like him. We was touching on Jaden Ivey. Let's talk about. Uh, I know we because we're gonna wrap up this particular topic before we swing into to the final topic. But let's talk about. So we're gonna since you talked about Jaden Ivey, gotta bring up another rookie. That man from Portland. Shaden Sharp, man, the mystery man. Shaden Sharp looking good. Yo, man, listen, we had some pre our pre-draft, our episode. No, Kyrie, I got such a bittersweet feeling. He's supposed to be doing that right now for Kentucky. Why? why, why, But comment, Kyle, you got. I can't be happy. Why would he he be doing this for y'all right now when he obviously could do this with the with the with the grown men right now? He's he's like, he's dunking on people, bro. He's catching oops. He's cutting. Like, he, he, he's he's going to make money. He, and we we had a perfect point guard for him, Casey Wallace. But oh, no. He's playing with Damian Lillard, Colin. Yeah, Anthony Simon. Simon. Like, come on. Come on. Man, that'd be a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> come on, bro. It's, it's level. It's level, sis, right? It's, it's yeah, level. level. <laughs> he, he, he was ready for this level, obviously. No, he definitely I is. Mean, uh, he, 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 he's my rookie of the year, honestly. I'm not gonna no, lie. No, stop, Colin. Oh, no, he is. See, there you go. You're bugging. Over Benedict Matherin? Oh, uh, he's getting no Matherin. Between, between Paolo, he might, he might Between Paolo, Jabari, and Shaden, they're like in my no, top. No. So you can't even watch Benny, bro. He's putting up like 24 off the bench. You haven't been watching Benedict. Paolo Bancaro was putting up like 22.7 boards, eight boards. But that's why I'm not. He's been in the league for five years. It's only been three. It's only. I'm. Let's see. Let's talk. Absolutely right. Let's talk about this. Because there's a lot of rookies. A lot of rookies with high start. I'm gonna make a bet. I'm gonna make a bet for you. I'm gonna make a bet for you. I guarantee you, Benedict Mathurin will have more bench points than Shaden Sharp by the end of the year. 
that might be believable. That might I ain't gonna fraud. Don't take it. Don't take it. Mathrooms is don't take it. That right is a top. If we if we had to redo the draft, he'd probably be a top three pick based off how he's playing right now. But it's it's so early. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even make that assumption that's be so early. Yeah, right. Definitely got to see more. But before we start mixing up, because we we still haven't seen Chet play since he's hurt. We just seen Keegan Murray mix like his first two games. Chet, yeah, Chet, yeah, Chet doesn't gonna... play till next year, so I'm going to put him in next year's class since he doesn't. He's not going to be able to play this year. But Chet definitely could pull a Joel Embiid. He could take that year, work on, especially work on his body, get his body some muscle or at least, especially if they get Vic Wemby. As you think, OKC, if OKC got him and Chet, I, I might just pick them as in five years they win the NBA championship. 100 percent guarantee. Mm. Shay, Josh Giddy, then you got the front court of Victor and Shep. Who's stopping that? Maybe the bench. He in five years. I get the point, though. That bench, that bench. <laughs> no, <laughs> Trey Man's coming up. The Trey Man's actually. He's disrespecting all the, all, all the guys before him, like. For the Pelicans are going to win before that. Come on. No, 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 no. If they get, if they get Victor. Victor. Pelicans five years from now, bro, with, with five, years, five years from now, B.I. I, I got to – no, I have, I have to see yeah, – The way he going to be toting then is going to be wild, bro. I got to see Zion play at least 70 games in the season before I even factor in the Pelicans doing anything. Availability. Football version of D-Wade, but he ended up on the court. I gotta he see. I gotta make himself available for me. All right, but we're gonna swing into the final topic of today. Webby, Kyrie. No, no, I was just laughing. I was just laughing. So, um, all right, so we're gonna swing to the last topic, the most painful topic of this episode. To be honest with you, in regards to our team specifically. Oof! After week one of the NBA season, how are you feeling about your favorite team? Lodge, I'm gonna swing it to you. <laughs> Let me swing it to you. <laughs> well, for one, my squad, I think the trio or the the the, the yeah the trio basically scored twenty plus each. Yeah, <laughs> and Collins, John, Dejounte, and Trey, and they both scored twenty plus each. Every That's your game. team. That's your official they team. Looked, yeah. Now to the other Bulls, I was gonna call them something else, but we on air. They looking alright though. They kind of. I got a couple of people I like watching on there. They 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 cool for now. RJ mid, but we talk about it another day. <laughs> now the only reason why I'm saying that though is because that first game not was that the first game we played against the Grizzlies? That first game was Grizzlies, right? So yeah, it was. So having the the pick right 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 before us playing, and then our pick is just out there, just just lost. It's pretty bad. It hurts. It hurts every time we play, y'all. Ah. Uh, Every single time. I'm not even going to lie, Lodge. The backcourt of Trey Young, DeJounte, looks so – it's really early, but, man, it dirty. is scary. It is that was super. Dirty. It is dynamic. Like, Oh, wait. That's what I wanted to – Cam Reddish. As long as uh, Cam Reddish keep playing on and get some ticks. I can, I, I can, I can, I can rip them Cam, a little bit longer. Listen to me. I'm shocked that Cam is playing this well. But – I mean, Emmett Ted must have had a pizza or something. Cause, uh, yeah, because yeah, he had to just get some straightening because he was bugging, dog. 
Cam bugging. Listen, Cam is a little Sicilian. Listen, Cam. Margarita John. <laughs> nah, but I'm ready for y'all to talk about y'all, y'all bum, y'all bum behind Sixers though. No, that looks super weak. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get we to that board, can I talk about, talk about my guy? Yeah, 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 we can do all that because I ain't praising him that much. Yeah, because I, I'm going to talk a little more, uh, slightly more on a more positive note than live. How I mean, come they're not playing Emmanuel quickly? What's up? Say they're not playing Emmanuel quickly. Well, Emmanuel quickly like the tough shot. Emmanuel quickly has been playing. He's been playing enough off the bench for me, at least. But Emmanuel quickly. He had a great game, one game. Yeah, I think versus Detroit, you think he scored like 22, 20? I think he did, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah a little Some, something like that, yeah. We, we, we was blowing him out and Tate finally left the bench there. Yeah, seven assists, too, I think. You got to take him to get a pizza. He may loosen up a little bit. <laughs> Keep Cam on that rotation. That's all I need. I think IQ and Cam, Kyrie, that might be a potential, you know. With Obi off the bench, Obi's been a good energizer for us. But let me, I'm gonna I'm 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 get through. I'm gonna get through it real quick. So I like what I've seen from the Knicks so far. Three games in, I expected to lose to the Memphis Grizzlies first game of the season. Mm. That was gonna happen. Granted, our our first two wins have come to, against the Detroit Pistons and the Orlando Magic. The Pistons win was a great win, but again, it's the Detroit, it's the Detroit Pistons, and I just explained to you guys about five ten minutes ago how they're looking out there. So I'm a, everything I say is I'm saying with a grain of salt. Jalen Brunson seems to make our offense look a lot smoother than what it has been. Guys, I've I seen a, a graphic that they put up during one of our games. The Knicks have had something like 15, like fourteen, fifteen starting different. Uh, I might be I might be overshooting it, but starting different point guards for opening night over the past uh, however many seasons. I, I see. I see my guy Alonzo Trier in that in that in that thing, and I almost shed a tear. Yeah, Chris Duhon and people like that. Duhon was up, definitely up in there yeah, too. And Tony Chris Duhon. But Jalen Brunson definitely brings a calmness to our offense that I really like. I, unlike many point guards that we had, he can actually shoot. He's shown the ability to get to the to get to the rim. One thing that really makes me mad though is uh, he picks up quick fouls. He picked up two quick fouls in, in like two out of the or three games. And it's just it's like disciplinary issue, but I feel like that's going to get tweaked out. Um, he had like 15 straight uh, assists with no turnovers over our first two games, so he's really been taking care of the ball well. I really like what I've seen from Jalen Brunson so far. And another person I really I'm really going to rave about, and this might be the last one until I kind of, you know, Julius Randle is a pro. Oh my player. god. You, bro, you, you, if you're watching, you <laughs> he see still it. gotta go. If you're watching, if you're he watching, still you still gotta, gotta go. If, you, if you're still watching, you see it, bro. Julius Randle's approach to, to to the games this season has been so different. And Julius Randle has been playing like a like. Off my he's been balling. He's been balling. Uh, he's been, he's been, back if he been balling. Julius Randle come back if he leaves. He can ball all he wants. We talked about out. we talked about this on a former podcast. I said Julie on our former episode. I said Julius Randle is going to shoot it, and he don't care what you think. Julius is going to pull that thing. Oh. Get him! Out. And he's been knocking him down. Oh my god! He's been knocking him down. <laughs> but I, I will say this: God really likes to bring energy. I like, like watching him more than Julius. See, here you go, bro. Excuse me. Here you go. <laughs> Julius, I don't know what you've been watching, but Julius Randle been balling. You can't oh, say what you've been watching. Hey, yo, listen. So, that is crazy. What was about to happen, though? Hey, I'm, 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 I'm talking about the first three games of the season. I'm yeah, talking about what I've seen so far. 
That's it. I'm just talking about what I've seen so far. I will agree with you that RJ's been dead. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Why does he keep getting away? with though. You need to get out the way. Johnny, ask that question, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I didn't mean to cut y'all up. I I just have to ask this. Why have the Knicks fans here? Like, I think I've mentioned this. I've mentioned this before. Like, I have a How does R.J. Barrett keep hiding under the radar? When is he going to get exposed? Can we say he sucked, like, respectfully? Can it's we because RJ, it? it's because RJ Barrett will give you a stretch of very good games where he's put when he's putting up twenty one to twenty three points a game, he's getting his seven eight boards, he's shooting efficiently, and then he'll have games like these, the first three games where he can't shoot a rocket to the ocean, he's not finishing at the rim as efficiently, and his, his blow by game is weak and it, it has been weak. I can know that. Is it technically? Uh, how do I say? Now he's not a, a athlete. In terms of he's like, not a great athlete. No, he's not. He gets, he's he more fun I can't even say that. That's high school. That's high school. That's high school. Oh my! But well, how do you? That's go not from do that. that. They have plenty mass stuff. Like he played football or something. But but you see in the NBA, team opposing team defenses are really able to keep up with Urgent Bear. It's not like he doesn't have the Andrew Williams athleticism, and that's fine. Because James Harden and his jump shot was supposed to be way better. His jump shot is supposed to be way better, but I feel like three He's three got games everything too. I don't know what's wrong with it. Three uh, games, get the other one out and just let him rock. So, so what you? So wait, so what you think? So Quentin Grimes and Bro, Grimes. Who? Oh, he, he, he hasn't even played yet. He hasn't even played yet. He hasn't played yet. I get yeah, he hasn't. I'm about to say, that's a good thing. We don't got no Bones Highland type dude. We talking about playing Grimes, bro. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, I like Clint Grimes was a handback in high school. That's cool, but he wasn't like... You see, we're not going to start talking about high school. Uh, talking about high school, though. <laughs> but RJ, though, not Clint Grimes. Clint Grimes was just as tough, though. No, he wasn't. Damn, yeah, he was in Kansas. He could have figured it out. He went to Houston. No, but he I'm showed you he was tough, though. RJ ain't going nowhere. Kansas. But let's wait, wait. So let's, so Kyrie. Eddie I know, you're getting talk. away from it. I'm sorry. I know, yeah. Eddie, last thoughts before we swing it over to Johnny. He's yeah, still. Them Sixers, yeah. bro. Them Sixers. Hey, wait, stop, stop, uh, stop. I like, I like what I see from him so far. Cam Reddish has been balling. Isaiah Hurst, he's been the backup center we've been praying for. I like. I really, like I really like what I've been seeing from Mitch Robinson. He, his offensive rebounding he's, never he's says. still mid too. See, why are they talking? sleazy on everybody? Because they mid. Because they're just they're just they just <laughs> bro, by. They just wait. Why? Just let him. Just let finish it off. Mitch will be like fifteen and twelve easy, and he don't sniff that. You're right. You're right, bro. Exactly. Exactly. I'm talking about what I see from the first three games of the season. We got to put some in it's the a, water or something, bro. Wake you guys up. got it. Y'all can talk about the stickers, baby. Y'all got it. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Don't you go. He already been go. Memorialize, Kyrie. That's crazy. <laughs> hey, yo, before y'all, uh, y'all, when y'all talk about that Bucks game, I want every piece of context because that should have won that game. Listen, like, that's going to be the first, too. Wait, wait. wait. <laughs> nah, but we're not even going to get on that. Cause it's I, three. Yeah. Uh, we not get on. That's very embarrassing. Listen, Big Lopez, it, that's where that game. Listen, listen. <laughs> listen. listen. Joel's not the issue. Hold on. Joel's not the issue. James Harden. Wait, 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 wait. 
Stop. I will defend that in a second. I've got that. I don't think he's the problem either. No, no. I'm the game. What do you mean? No, 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 no. Hold on. That first game, he had like seven turnovers. He played like crap. Them points don't matter when in crunch time you're turning the ball over. You're right. To a certain extent, yes, you are right. I'm not disagreeing with you. But he hasn't been the major disappointment. He's been playing, actually playing better than what he's been playing so far the last season. James Harden, surprisingly, still defensively, and eh, but he has been it's, 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 it's Maxi. on yeah, Tyrese Maxey's been superb. Yeah, I yeah, love Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey's yeah, our big three. He's our big three. Advantage. So Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, and Joel's our big three. That's it. It's, it's already stamped. I don't think anyone's challenging that. But, Johnny, I'm going to swing it to you. Go ahead and break it down for us. <laughs> And I will say this, y'all. I'm, I'm going to start with I'm going to start with uh, Embiid is not the problem. And I will say, I'm not copping the play. I'm not biased. Go Sixers. I'm not biased, but I will say that I'm not saying it's an excuse. He's still out there. He has been, you know, on and off with plantar fasciitis, which kind of affected his offseason healing and training. Which kind of, if you see Ooh, him play, that he's less explosive. Yo, oh, he's, right. he's less expl- I'm not giving he him the that's a serious injury. Listen, at the end, <laughs> he bounced yeah, back. I mean, listen, he dropped the fort. He gave his first 40, all right, and then he fell off. And then gave and that, that, that was the game after he fell off against the Bucks. Okay, fine, 6 of 21. And then okay, lost to Portal. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's it. Listen, like, I'm like, telling you. Playing the fasciitis. I don't want to hear that. I knew it. Do you Listen, listen, what I'm not saying, it's an excuse. It, it, but he, he came into the season not limping, but he's still, he's still out there. Yeah, he's not an excuse. He, he dropped 40. He dropped 40, all right, right after that performance. But at the end of the day, well, it's the bench, all right? Really like I've said there. before, I've said it again. It's not, it's not hard. It's not Embiid. It's not Maxi. It, it's the bench. All right, and that's what it comes down to. They dropped, they, they combined for 35 points against the Pacers. Thank God, but like we finally got a win. Apparently, at the same time, it, uh, listen, it's not leave, leave and beat alone. It's that it, it's the bench, dude. It's the bench. We need consistency with the bench. It might trickle down to coaching, but it's the same stigma that it always has been. And by the way, I will go back with the Joel Embiid um, injury that that he is fighting through as, as the MVP that he is at heart. He is fighting through that, and I will say, <laughs> in addition to our bench being back, in addition that hurt that hurts us as well too because we don't necessarily have the bench to replace him. I think uh, PJ Tucker played twenty nine minutes. I think against uh, forgot who it was. I think it was the Bucks. I think that was. But we can go small ball with him. But Trez can't defend the pick and roll. I had no clue he was that bad in pick and roll defense. Like he 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 can contribute what he can. But he 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 can't defend. He's here to get a buck. That's it. Like, oh my God, he he he's all right. He's a garbage man. But at the same time, we don't have the necessary front court reserves to give Embiid like that support. And nor have we historically had since Embiid has been with us. But at the same time, I'm not copping the plea. At the end of the day, we're still out here. It's it's not Embiid's fault. He's fighting through something, but it's not really that big of a deal. He fights through anything. But uh, like I said before, the stigma remains the same. We got to get that bench c- together consistently. The only thing I'm going to say to y'all is I better uh, have Dan Tony on speed. Uh, 
because uh, things are gonna change. It might trickle down to coaching. Stop, it might. Stop. I don't like that. He doesn't. Ah, don't win nothing either. I don't really play good defense anyway, so I want to just go ahead and score. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you. I I personally still dislike the James Harden trade. We sacrificed. Yeah, you know he dislike it. No, 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 I disliked it. I, I was one of the people that didn't no, like bro, we No, he disliked the pay cut because the pay cut wasn't enough, but the trade was fine. The we pay tra- cut he took no, wasn't enough. That's the problem. First round picks and look at our bench. We get exposed. That's the, I mean, but the, the, that's why the pay cut wasn't big. The, the pay cut was big enough. We, we, could, we wouldn't. I think we should not. Listen, Kyrie. I think who we need is Tyreek Evans. He's still a free agent. Let's get oh him. Oh, my God. Yeah, yo, in the pod. Okay, the pod. we're not going to drop that name. Uh, right. We apologize. You didn't even say my name. Hello. You didn't even say my name, bro. You was freaking Evans. What we need Carmelo for? He don't play defense. He's not even a good shooter. What's Tyreek Evans going to do out there? Tyreek Evans is a primary ball handler. Can actually oh, my got God. Yo. Jump shot. Again, we apologize for that name drop. Wait, Stop. hold on. Stop. You're not gonna just you, you said you rather have you better off saying you better off saying Michael Beasley at that point. Right? <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying. <laughs> like, come on now, Tyreek Evans a little behind. You might as well say Mario Chalmers. Yeah, exactly. He ain't I, nothing. How you doing? Tyreek Evans none of like he wasn't averaging twenty in season. When in 2007, talking about? Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. When's the last time he averaged 20, Con? It was, no, it, it was not one year in the teens. He didn't do that not one year in the teens, bro. But the Pelicans and the Pacers, this man wasn't balling out in the playoffs with him. He was. He was balling out, bro. Tyree, that's, like, that's, like four years, that's like four years of move, bro. That's like Tyree, three, four years of move. Tyree, 31, though. My God. How old is Melo? 35? Hello, Tyree. 40. Yeah, he's still touching buckets. Nah, <laughs> what are you talking okay. about? Okay. What are you right. talking about? All right, all right. We he's going. still give you 15 a game. Tyreek not giving you 15 a game right now. What? Oh. He's not. All right, all right. Let's see. Tyreek not giving you 15 a game right now. Right. He played 69 games last game. He played. He got over 10 points. Get out of here, Doc. Wait. Say goodbye. He, all right, listen. Let's end the episode off that note. That yeah, concludes. Yeah, that concludes episode. <laughs> Seventy-five of the restricted zone podcast. I want to give a big shout out to my co-host. Uh, hopefully, clap your hands. Everybody. Hopefully, you guys enjoy this as much as we enjoy oh, yeah, recording this. We love so recording cool. and pushing out episodes for you guys to hear. Uh, give us your feedback. Uh, we definitely will listen and try to improve the podcast as best as we can. You can follow us on Instagram at Restricted Zone Pod. You can also follow us individually on Instagram. It'll be in the in the link inside the description below. You can also follow us on all streaming platforms from Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it. We're on there, and we are free. You don't got to pay a dime or a penny. So go ahead, subscribe, and tune in and share with your friends and family. So, guys, have a nice day. Enjoy the episode. And go, stay Sixers. go Sixers! Go Sixers! Happy week.